All right, all right. It is that time of the week, everybody. It is time for the One Event Podcast. You know who I am. I am David Schiff, and I am sitting here with the legend, the man, the myth, Mr. Miles V. Miles, tell me a story. What's going on? Hi, I'm Miles. Maybe you've heard of me. Yeah, you probably can tell I don't sound 100%, and I'm not. I, I You were sick with COVID last time we did this uh, little get-together, and I am sick too, just not with COVID. I, I did take a test. It came back negative, but I'll tell you, you know, you talked last week that it was my starting a new gig and I was off to Vegas and here I am all excited about starting my new job and wanting to impress. And here I am at the biggest gaming show that the U.S. has and I end up getting sick. I, I, I got a tight throat and I started having like sweats and my, my nose was running and they're like, what do you do? You get, get a, go get better. Like go rest. Uh, it was horrible. It was, I, I basically was in Vegas, but I didn't get to go to the game. I didn't even get to gamble. I was pretty much just sweating and medicating and hallucinating in my hotel room. I mean, there was a point where I thought someone was trying to break into my room and to try to kill me. Wait, did you have a fever of like 106? Like what was going on? Were like they like throwing you in a cold bath? I mean, that's horrible. I, I thought there was going to be like a hot water burn baby with like Rain Man in my world. I don't know what happened. I, I, I think cleaning people were trying to get into my room. But whatever happened, it was bizarre. And I was, I, I just don't even know. It was just one of those weeks. And I, and I just, just got home. So it's late. I had a really late flight. I, I had a horrible flight. I, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but I got seated next to someone who, who asked for one of those um, seatbelt extenders. He was a big dude, right? And he, he, he couldn't close his seatbelt, so he needed the extender. He was a nice enough guy. And look, I'm a big dude. I mean, I'm not that big like i haven't gotten to the point where i'm asking for seatbelt extenders but this guy was like you know really encroaching in my space like hanging over the side right but he you know he was apologetic and he's like look you know sometimes they actually make me buy two seats on the airplane right because i'm just i'm just so big and actually they they, they made me do it this time too i don't understand and i said wow that's that's heavy right I, but but if I was thinking, if if they make you buy two seats, why are you sitting next to me? Like, shouldn't there be a seat between us? So I didn't know how to say it to him, but I I I, I couldn't help myself. I'm like, if you bought two seats, why are you actually sitting next to me? And he's like, well, they gave me seat nine B and twenty seven F. I think you were still hallucinating on the plane, Miles. I don't know, man. It was really, it was that kind of week. Yeah, well, I'm glad we're here, and I'm sorry you had a bit of a rough week. I was thinking, uh, as I was preparing for this, that we've both had a bit of a rough week. I was also traveling after I got sick. I didn't have a chance to watch a lot of football. Uh, You got sick, and frankly, just to not bury the lead at all, we both had a bit of a rough week this week in our bets. Uh, both. Wait a minute. Hang on. You had a rough week this week. I, I did. Uh, unfortunately, that is the sad fact that w- that we both did. Yeah. Why? If we could back it up, and if per se go back to say our last podcast, 
I distinctly remember. Due to this proclamation right here now, Miles V and one of that army, this will be my first perfect week. Fake news. I don't know where you have doctored that off of the internet, but there is no possible way that I claimed where, I was. Where was that, David, huh? I had such a good feeling about my bets last week. I really did. I felt something different about them, that they just felt so natural and pure and right on. And the analysis was there and the numbers were there. And it just felt like this was going to be the week for me. And it was not the week for me. You goofed up, kid. You got to be humble. You got to be humble. You got to, you got to, you know, be, uh, I don't even, I don't know. You just, you, you can't tempt fate like that. You can't get saucy. Um, you can, but you saw what happened. So I don't know. Well, I angered the football gods. It was not a great week for me uh, with my picks. We both had a bit of a rough week. It was a rough week for both of us, though, um, Mr. Zvi, if you want to go into a little recap on your bets. Yeah, I was one and two on the week. But the the weird part is, I, I don't think I'm that far off. I mean, the games that I lost, that they easily could have been wins. So let's let's talk about them. The, my, my, my big bet for the week was was the Monday night game. And that was Green Bay at the Raiders. And Green Bay was getting points. And that didn't make sense to me. Yeah. But I watched part of the game. I was, you know, back recuperating in the hotel and, and not feeling great. The Green Bay has just they're just so conservative and they don't do what they don't allow their players to be who they are. And they had a really poor first half. And that's kind of been their story for the last several games where they dig a hole and they have to come back. Yeah. And there was a point where they got in the red zone and they and they rushed AJ Dillon and he, you know, just smash mouth football and rammed it down their throats and he got a touchdown. Um, and then there was a point where Watson got open and he ended up going for like 77 yards or something. And he got to be horse collared to bring him down. So it's first and goal at the four and, you know, they couldn't punch it in then. And look, I don't know if it's because, you know, uh, Aaron Jones was injured and, and and that I wasn't expecting to happen. That was kind of a later scratch and maybe Aaron Jones didn't have the stamina to, to punch it in again, but go with play action. I mean, throw to your tight end. You know, they were something like eight for eight in the red zone throughout this year so far. And that was really a momentum changer. So, they ended up getting behind, and they were still in it to the very end. And guess what? I mean, Christian Watson got open in the end zone, and he gets, you know, intercepted by a 5'9 defensive back who had three interceptions that game. That was a great play. That really was, because that guy leaps like nine feet in the air to make that interception. But I would contend that if Christian Watson and, and Jordan Love had been playing a little bit more together and had more chemistry, that, that wouldn't happen. I mean, that really, that was a 50-50, could have gone either way, and I got the short end of that one. So, I don't know. Um, it was unfortunate. I lost. I, I Again, it just helps, you know, improve my disdain for Green Bay. I don't like them as a franchise. But uh, I thought that was going to be uh, an easy win. It was a home game. I did have some friends that went, and they were texting me all about just the whole place was filled with Wisconsin-looking girls, which might have been the guy that sat next to me on the plane. I don't know. Man. But um, yeah, that was a loss. And then here's another one that really talk about jaws of defeat. 
Uh, I bet the KC Minnesota over. And that game was right there. Minnesota, you know, was if Minnesota scores, I hit the over. There was a screen pass to Madison who dropped it. He could have walked into the end zone. And then on, on fourth down, there was actually a flag that was thrown. And I thought, great, we're going to get first and goal at the one. And then what happens? That the KC guy takes off his helmet. And I'm like, this is even better. That's an automatic penalty. Like, there's no way we're not scoring. Well, no automatic penalty. I don't know how that one got by. And they picked up the flag. So, again, right there, should have had it. Uh, Donnie Wheels texted, you know, we got robbed on that one because he was on the same game. <laughs> so I feel like uh, my games could have could have just as easily won. I'm kind of like how last year the, the Vikings were 11-0 and in one-score games. I'm like 0-11 in games that are close that could go my way. So the only game that went my way was the Lions-Carolina over. And that one actually was kind of a, an, an easy one, not even a big sweat. Uh, I really like the Lions this year. I love what they're doing. Carolina did put up uh, enough points, and that over 44 was really not much in doubt. Yeah, tough week for you. One and two. I feel your pain. For me, I had a game that wasn't really close. We'll talk about that in a second. A game that was super close, could have gone either way, and a game that I did win. The only good thing about me claiming that I was going to have a perfect week and then not having a perfect week is that my angst and anxiety and having to squirm through the weekend ended with the very first game <laughs> on the very uh, early Sunday morning. I don't know what happened to the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, that was the, the 6 a.m. game. And I know, I, I just... We had thought, you and I had talked a bit about some of these teams showing who they really are, and we think that you know now they're, they're themselves, and Buffalo being one of them, they just, they, they, they're not what we think they are. They, they show up most of the time, but not all the time. Yeah, it was weird because I couldn't find a team last week that had better momentum than the Buffalo Bills. Three huge wins going into the game in England, and what I said about the game is I don't think that Buffalo is going to get jet lagged. I think they're going to be ready for this game. You know, they're going across the pond to Europe, which is just like coming the other way to like Seattle. It's not like the craziest travel in the world. Now, Jacksonville was there all week. I didn't think it was going to be that big a deal, but apparently it was because Buffalo was completely jet lagged at the start of the game. All of a sudden at the end of the four, you know, the first quarter, they're losing 11 to nothing and they just can't scramble to get back on track. And anytime that they tried to make any sort of progress in that game, Travis Etienne would have a huge game. He had two touchdowns over 130 yards. Calvin Ridley had a big day. You know, uh, Trevor Lawrence actually played pretty well and Buffalo just couldn't get going in time. And I was really never close on that minus five and a half. So that was 440 to win 400 right out of the gate. I'm down and I am struggling going into the week. Now, the next game, though, was San Francisco minus three and a half over Dallas. They were playing at home, 330 to win 300. And boy, did I call this game. I did not expect a 42 to 10 shellacking by the 49ers. I don't think anybody expected that. But I did just have the feeling that the 49ers balance was really going to be the key to that game. I actually thought Christian McCaffrey was going to be a bigger factor. He rushed for only 50 yards. He had one touchdown. It was really George Kittle in the red zone. Brock Purdy has four touchdown passes. George Kittle goes crazy. 
and the Cowboys got embarrassed. This game got away from them. The 49ers scored the last 21 points of the game, and I'm going to talk about the Cowboys uh, in week six because I'm on their game. But um, I, again, I just don't think anybody expected the level of dominance that the 49ers showed. Last week, I said Buffalo and San Francisco were the two best teams in the league. Right now, we got one best team, and that is the San Francisco 49ers. With the close second to the Philadelphia Eagles, because they look pretty invincible right now, too. Yeah, they do. Although, if I'm going to compare offense to offense, I'm probably going to give uh, the advantage to San Francisco. San Francisco just looks so clean and easy, and they've got so many different options with Ayuk and Debo Samuel and Kittle and you know McCaffrey. You know, McCaffrey has scored like something like 18 straight games a touchdown. I mean, it's it's pretty much a lock that you can just bet Willie score a touchdown an anytime touchdown, and it's going to come in. He is a machine like an Austin Eckler. But going back to Philadelphia, I do feel that they always get there by the end of the games. In the second half, they really sort of turn it on. It just takes them a little bit longer to get started. Uh, look, if it's San Francisco, Philadelphia, an NFC championship game. And remember, I picked the Cowboys to win the, the Super Bowl. But hey, that's a hell of a game. Yeah, I agree. And it's just that there are some teams that I think we thought were going to be really good that are just showing some flaws. You know, you've seen it in, in Cincinnati. You've seen it in KC. I, you'd think KC would be putting these teams away. They, they 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 can't seem to make it over. I mean, they are really hitting the unders. I think it's now been four straight weeks. And if you count tonight's game, which has already happened, uh, that one that one came in the under too. Easily came in the under. And San Francisco, uh, sorry, Kansas City. They're getting wins and they're doing what they need to do to win, but they do look beatable. They don't look like they have the dominance they've had in years past. And maybe this is a year somebody jumps up like a Cincinnati if they can turn it around. And I'm only saying that because they were one of the favorites at the beginning of the year. But, you know, this could be the year that Kansas City doesn't go as far as they have in the past. I kind of like the teams that are playing with reckless abandonment. Right. I like the Miami Dolphins. I like that they're going to throw up 70 points and not care. I think when you have that kind of attitude, uh, it, it you just you tend to win games big and you, you you don't care about the spread. You just you beat your team senseless. KC is not really sticking with the spread. They're but they're barely beating the spread if they if at all. And uh, they're certainly not hitting the overs. And Buffalo, you know, they're not um they're not doing what we thought that they would do. Well, again, they were they were for a few weeks, but they didn't do it last week. And then Dallas, you're right. Dallas showed up and uh, and they weren't themselves. And I think that going into this week, I think they're getting uh, a lower spread than uh, than one would normally see. Yeah. Anyway, so to put a button on my week, uh, the San Francisco game put 660 back in my my bank. And my final game was the Houston Texans on the money line over the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I had bet 230 to win 253. That was plus 110, which is why the number was higher. And what a shoulda, coulda. You know, um, Houston was in it. They were actually up 12-7. Um, at the end of the third quarter, they just couldn't hang on. The Falcons... You know, of all the weeks for Desmond Ritter to finally, you know, put it together a little bit. He throws for over 300 yards. They score 14 points in the 
uh, fourth quarter. And, uh, you know, you and I had a little text exchange on this. I was traveling uh, when some of these games were going on. And when the final was posted, I misread the final thinking that the Falcons had won by one. Now, taking a step back, the line on this game was one and a half. And I sort of talked last week about debating between taking the spread and going against the money line. So when I saw initially saw that the winning margin was one, I was like, oh my God, that's the worst possible scenario for me because I would have you know, won if I took the spread. That was not the case. They won by two. I think Houston is right there. I, I, this game just frustrated the hell out of me because I do think that this is a team that's playing better than we thought they were going to play. For sure. Yeah, and Atlanta hadn't been playing well, but this game slipped away for me. So I also go one and two. I do finish with, I'm sorry, I think I said 60. I finish with 630 in my bank. So I am the best of the worst. I do win week five. Uh, and I believe I am $5 over uh $5,000. I have $5,005 in my bank right now. So I am uh, just barely hanging on to a slight lead for the year. Well, good for you. I think it's showing that, you know, the sizing of your bets and you're winning your bigger bets and you're losing your smaller bets and you can have, uh, you know, a losing week, but still be close to even or still do okay. And look, it, it's making me rethink my strategy and maybe making the size of my bets more similar because, you know, when I'm going two and one, I'm not necessarily winning. If I'm going one and two, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's a numbers game and I have not figured it out this year. So uh, I'm hoping to uh, to bounce back and, uh, and, and really make something happen this week. But let me tell you. Our uh, one of our army listeners—they were a lot sharper than we were this week. Let me tell you, three of our listeners were perfect. Okay, we had Dave Barons was perfect. He was on the Colts. He was on the Steelers. He was on the Niners. We had Zvagdis perfect again. Wow. He was uh, on Cincinnati. He was on the Chiefs. He was on the Dolphins. He actually laid the twelve and a half. And uh, Nick Moons, my cousin, he was also three for three. He was on early with the Chicago Bears Thursday night game. He also took Pittsburgh. He also took the Lions. So good for Nick. A couple of our people went two of three, uh, or at least Donnie Wheels did. Uh, and it looks like RJ hit one and Dave Siegel hit one. And the only one with the silver sombrero who was blank was Bill Kuklanis. That uh, usually doesn't happen for Bill. He's usually right up there amongst the leaders. We're going to have to get some of the army on the podcast because clearly we need some professional advice and these guys are out there killing it. So we, we need, yeah, they're going to replace me in a minute. So I don't know. <laughs> we need their wisdom on the show. Well, we love the one about army. Please keep bringing it. Uh, it's one of the, the, the favorite parts of the podcast that we get to go through every year is here. Every week is here, how you guys are doing. And please join the army by going to Twitter or X and, uh, and, and, post your picks on who you think is going to win for the week and you can compare yourself to those in the army compare yourself to me and dave and uh and track how you're doing so it's fun i i, I really get the sense that our army likes to uh to like likes this part of our our, our show and the dynamic of uh of what makes one of that podcast a, a special i you know i was really reflective as i was sick in bed sweating and dying and whatever feeling and i I really do like our listeners. I really do like doing this podcast. This is fun stuff. 
I agree. And the beauty of this podcast is every week in the middle of it, we get to wipe the slate clean. We get to put a thousand new dollars into our bank. We get to look forward to the new week, make some new bets. And we are going to do that right after we come back on the Want to Bet podcast. Okay, we are back on the Want to Bet podcast and we are turning our attention to week six. And just a reminder, every week we put a new thousand dollars in our bank and we have to make at least three bets. We have to bet the entire thousand dollars and each bet has to be at least a hundred dollars. And Miles V, I think you got some wisdom that you're about to throw down on us. What do you got? Well, I am lucky because I, again, wasn't feeling all that well, and I decided to look early in the week, and I said, I'm going to take the 49ers, and I got them in a much lower spread than what they are today. So I got them at minus six. I think they were actually lower than that, but news broke out today that Deshaun Watson's going to be out, and I believe that spread's crept up to nine and a half. So I'm really happy that I locked them in at six. Uh, that's my big bet of the week at 440 to win 400. I just love the way the Niners have played. I just feel like they're a complete team. Yeah, it's unlikely they're going to go undefeated. I realize there's going to be a time where they're going to lose and it's going to be a surprise to everyone. But I just don't know that you know losing against the Cleveland Browns is going to happen, especially with the Sean Watson out, especially with Nick Chubb out. Um, I just feel like they're the superior team. And uh, I, you know, our, our one of an army, a lot of them backed them last week. So I, I think I'm, I'm going to be right there with them and back them this week. So that's what I'm looking at. I think it's a savvy bet of you, certainly where you're grabbing it at that number. And like I said before, they are the most complete team. So the fact that you got that number at a time when Deshaun Watson was still on the fence, now he's out, that number has shot up. I really like this bet. And, you know, all we can do is betting with our eyeballs and looking at the past data. And, you know, these guys are really dominating good football teams. So I think uh, good things are in store for you with this bet. Thanks. I I feel like I haven't had a chance to share much in the 49er domination. And so hopefully I'll get on this bandwagon. And, and, you know, if they if this works out, you know, maybe make them part of my weekly until they show otherwise. And by the way, I don't know that we've given this guy enough credit, but how amazing has Brock Purdy been? This guy was Mr. Irrelevant. He's seventh round draft choice. Like we are talking Tom Brady levels of draft gold that the 49ers have discovered. That just doesn't really happen a lot in the NFL. I mean, it is mind boggling how good this kid is has been so fast, and he's 23 years old. Yeah, and compare it to some of the rookies this year and how they're doing or, or, or not so doing well. I mean, it, he's a man among boys, and uh, and he's the same age as most of these guys. Yeah, I mean, really, really savvy drafting on the part of the 49ers because that guy could be the steal of the decade. Yeah, I like I like this game. How about you? What are you looking at for your big bet? Yeah, well, um, before I tell you the specifics of my first bet, I'm going to give you a little pop quiz, Miles. So if I said the numbers 20, 17, 10, 3, 0, would that mean anything to you? Hmm. Well, 20 and 17 was, I was thinking about the, the 
age of the last girl that you dated, but no, no. <laughs> when she got to three and zero, you, you kind of lost me. Well, that, that, uh, yeah, that direction got really scary really quickly. Um, no, those are not, uh, those are not <laughs> age related numbers. Those are the numbers in order of the points that have been scored by the new England Patriots, meaning that in week one, they scored 20 points. And in week five, they were shut out. Now, if that is not a trend, I don't know what is. And by the way, they got shut out at home uh, against the New Orleans Saints. So they are not playing good football. So my first bet of the week is I am taking the Las Vegas Raiders at home, minus three, 440 to win 400 over the New England Patriots. I mean, this is the worst Patriot team that Belichick has put on the field in 20 years. And they're getting worse and less confident. Last week, Mac Jones was 12 for 22 with two interceptions. And for the second week in a row, he does not finish the game. Bailey Zappi has come into the end of both of their last games. And it's not like he's been great. So I don't really know who's playing quarterback for the Patriots this week. I don't really think it matters. This team just does not have playmakers. I mean, are you scared of Kendrick Bourne? I don't think so. He leads them in receiving with 218 yards over five games. That is not stellar play. They they are really, really pathetic right now, and I don't see them getting better. Now, on the other side of the ball, they're taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders are coming off of a tough home win on Monday night against the Packers. So Monday night means they have a little bit of a short week, but I am going to balance that out with the fact that it's their second home game in a row. They've been sleeping in their own bed. So I don't think the short week is going to be a problem for them. I mean, look, let's face it. The Raiders, they're not a great team, but they do have a couple of great players. And one of those great players is Max Crosby on the defensive line. And I think he's just going to wreak his usual havoc on the Patriots. He's going to make life miserable for Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi or whoever's playing quarterback. Because, you know, that guy gets into the backfield. He's relentless. And he is going to make a difficult quarterback situation even tougher for the Patriots. So he's really made a name for himself. I mean, he I, he was nowhere on anybody's radar in the past, and all of a sudden he's becoming you know a household name. And I know he had some addiction issues, and there's a great story on how he's successful. But it's funny here you are leading with him when the Raiders have guys like Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs, right? Yeah, no, I think, and I was going to say that the Raiders are fine on offense, and they do have some good players. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is the best quarterback in the world, but their uh, skill players get me more excited than the Patriots' skill players. But going back to Max Crosby, I think he's really the difference maker in this game because the Patriots are having so much trouble at quarterback. They're having so much trouble scoring points, and now they're coming on the road to play a team that has a great defensive end who is always in the backfield. So it does not bode well for the Patriots. I like this bet at the Raiders minus three. Yeah, watching that Raiders game, you know, I think Devontae Adams in the first half only had one target and one reception. You know, they're not utilizing their players uh, in a very efficient manner, and they haven't even – I mean, they're starting to get going, but they haven't really even hit their, their, their season form. So I think there's a lot more to be seen out of the Raiders, and I think, I think this definitely could be a week where they can expose the New England defense as well. So – 
I think that you're on the right side of this one. I don't know what's going on with the Patriots. I don't know what's going on with the Patriots fans. I don't know if they're interested anymore in this team, if they're looking forward to the the Celtics or the Bruins or something else, because they can't be happy with what's being shown. I mean, they're yeah, getting beat at home, and, and they're just, yeah, they're looking awful. So not a lot of excitement here out of the New England Patriots, and and it might be a good strategy to start betting against them. I mean, look, we knew coming into the start of the season that the AFC East was going to be really tough with Buffalo and Miami, but I don't think anybody saw New England really falling off a cliff as dramatically as they have. And it, you know, again, you look at those scores and what they're putting up, it's just going down and down and down to really, really precipitously low, bad numbers. Yeah, and if they can't even decide on who they want to be a quarterback, they really are having problems. So, um, yeah, I think it's a good bet, David. I'm, um, I'm, I'm kind of with you on this one. Let's hope so. What else you got? Well, my next bet is I'm going to ride with the team that I've really been enjoying watching play, and that's the Detroit Lions. Uh, they are a minus three, uh, but that's at a at a at a minus one twenty. So they're giving three points uh, this week, and I, I just I don't know. Uh, they're playing Tampa. They're on the road, but the Lions are just kind of like the uh, the Dolphins, I think, where they play with reckless abandon. They're out there having fun. They're putting up points. They don't care about rules. They just want to you know execute, and they are. And Goff is having a great year. And last week, Amon Ron St. Brown didn't even play, and they still, you know, I think scored close to 40 points. So the Lions have a lot of weapons. The Lions are a fun team to watch. They haven't been worth talking about in a lot of years, and I think this is their year. I misjudged at the beginning thinking that Minnesota was going to give them a run for the NFC North. I don't think so anymore. I really think this is Detroit's, uh, you know, uh, division or, or or is it division? Yeah, division to lose. Yeah, it's their division to lose. Yeah, um, I'm going to jump ahead because I'm also on this game, and you mentioned scoring a lot of points. I'm on the over, uh, which is 42 and a half, and I'm just kind of shocked that the Detroit Lions are involved in a game right now where the over is 42 and a half because I think they're going to hit that number easily and taking a step back who knew that six weeks into the nfl season a marquee matchup in the nfl would be the detroit lions at four and one versus the tampa bay buccaneers led by baker mayfield at three and one this is going to be a fun game and there's actually significant stakes in, in the nfc and look you know tampa bay they have a good defense um they're playing at home but they haven't faced an offense like detroit and I think Detroit's got playmakers all over the field. Um, I haven't hit an over yet this year. I'm 0-2. Uh, so I really think that this is going to be the one. We've talked about, you know, overs and, you know, certain teams doing most of the work. I do think Detroit has to, you know, get me 28, 30 points of this over. But I think they will. Um, you know, question mark for me, admittedly, is the health of Mike Evans. So he's questionable right now. I really, really want to see him on the field. But hey, Let's give Baker credit. He has revitalized his career a little bit. He is putting up numbers. He is moving his team down the field. He's got a nice rapport with Evans. Uh, they got Rashad, you know, White. Is it Rashad White? I think that's right. Yeah, and I and I think they had a bye last week, so they're rested, and and I think they're going to be ready to play. So I think that actually bodes well for some scoring. 
we're both on this game. We both like the Lions. Uh, it's my last bet because uh, I'm just jumping down here. It's 250 to win 227, but we're both going to be watching uh, this game, uh, rooting for some Detroit, rooting for some points, rooting for some fun football. Yeah, I, I'm going to be like Lions fanboy, which is really weird. I, I've never really liked the Lions before. Uh, maybe on Thanksgiving I like them because it's kind of a tradition. But uh, but no, they're, they're a fun team this year. Good for them. Good for them. You know this, that I started becoming a fan last year when they were on Hard Knocks. That they, I really, you know, jumped on board and Dan Campbell really got my attention and they started playing better. So I've been rooting for these guys for, you know, a year and a half now. And now it's it's nice to see them start to put the wins together with the better play. They put some pieces together. They got some better stats. They got some better skill players. And now they're starting to turn it over um, into wins. By the way, um, Hutchinson, that defensive end that they have, did you see the did you see the interception and the play that he made last week? That one-handed interception. What an athlete! Like what an asset that that kid has, has been to that team. Yeah, and I think he played his college ball in Michigan. At, at, at he did, he did. So he's a home homegrown guy. They all love him. You know, Detroit has been a putrid franchise for so many years. They deserve a little bit of credit. They deserve to finally get some recognition. Yeah. Yeah, go go Lions! I'm I'm your fanboy. <laughs> go Lions is right. All right, that's gonna leave one more bet for each of us. Yeah, and this one for me is a little bit odd, but I'm I'm doing it. Uh, it's it's I'm betting on the Rams. I'm taking the Rams. They're giving seven points. They're playing Arizona, and I have two hundred dollars left, so it's two hundred dollars to win one eighty two. And here's what I noticed when I watched the Rams. You know, Cooper Cup came in and he got integrated into the office and he immediately made an impact, right? I was talking about how Christian Watson and Jordan Love have no chemistry, they, you know, because they've missed time together and they're still getting to know each other. Cooper Cup got right into the game and was getting targeted and receptions all over the place. So I love that he's able to just be another weapon in that offense. We still have Gunga Gujunga, Who's also doing a lot of great stuff? I think is I think it's Puka, whatever his name is. But Puka Nakua, whatever. <laughs> I like the Bill Murray, you know, story from Caddyshack. Um, and then you know, on the other hand, you've got uh, Arizona, and I think James Conner now is out, so they just lost what I think was their only weapon. And and I just don't I just don't see them being able to keep up. I know it's a divisional game, but. L.A. at home, they've already impressed me more this year than I thought they ever would. I, I didn't have a lot of high expectations for them. But watching them play, I mean, they were able to hang with Philadelphia for a lot of that game. They've had some good wins this year. So uh, seven is kind of a lot to lay, but I think they'll do it. I just don't think Arizona is ready. I don't think they're ready for this year. I, and, and, and getting demoralized by losing your star player, pretty much the only one that's actually making a difference on your team. I just think uh, they're ready to implode. I hear you. The seven points makes me nervous. Not going to lie. You, you said it divisional game. Those games always get tight. Yes. The Rams have played better. Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, they have that synergy, no question about it. But Josh Dobbs has given Arizona a little bit of life, and they kind of surprise you here and there. And I just hope you don't get backdoored with a field goal or something like that, because that's just a lot of points. It's true. It's true. But, you know, I, I watch a game like San Francisco-Dallas and see how many points were there. And and so I, I know it's it's it could ha- it could definitely happen. 
and I'm just betting that it does. Yeah, and again, I'm a little scarred on overs this year with points. I'm over two, so I hope it comes in for you. I really, really do. Um, guess what, Miles? I'm betting the Chargers. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Oh my God! <laughs> it's the Homer makes his appearance yet again. You, you, what, would you take like a three week break, and now you're back on your home team? I'm not actually on my home team. I am taking the under. On the Monday night game, the Dallas Cowboys, Los Angeles Chargers, 50 and a half points. Now, I have 330 left to win 300. Here is what I am seeing. The Dallas Cowboys are coming into the Monday night football game pissed off. They got embarrassed last week. Now they have a chance on national TV to show the world that they really are a good defense. And I am going to put aside the San Francisco game for a minute because I do think it was a bit of an anomaly. I'm going to take a look at the first four games that they played. Those guys gave up a total of 29 points over the first four games. I think the Cowboy defense is a little bit more like that team, not the team that gave up so many points to San Francisco. So I really think that the points are going to be harder to come by for the Chargers than you might think. And let's take a look at the Chargers for a second. Number one, they are coming off of their bye week. That means they've gotten healthier. So... Austin Eckler, likely back after a couple of weeks. Obviously, that does not help me in terms of an under because that guy scores points. That guy moves the ball. But the Chargers are also getting Joey Bosa and Derwin James back. Two solid defensive stars. They're biggest defensive stars. And they are going to make life difficult on Dak Prescott. Now, if you notice, I have not talked about who's going to win this game. I have honestly no idea. I don't have a feeling either way. I will not be surprised if Dallas wins this game. They are a very good football team. I think they're going to show up. Chargers playing better, two wins in a row, coming off of a bye. I really don't know who's going to win, but I do think it's going to be a much, much lower scoring game. I'm looking at that 50.5 number on the over. I don't think the Chargers are going to score more than like 21 points. Are they on the winning side or on the losing side? I don't know. But I think it's going to be more of a grind, and I like the under bet. It's interesting because I think that both teams are capable of scoring points, but both teams also have good defenses. So it it really depends on the game flow on this one. I could see it going either way. Um, I don't have a feel, although I will say it seems like unders are coming in at at a higher clip than overs these days. And so I think you've got that on your side. And I think with the national game like that, that's also kind of a uh, a trend too, um, that these unders are coming in. I agree with you. It's, it, it has been strange that, you know, they say to always take the over and so many uh, games that just look like high scoring affairs with, you know, solid offenses just sputter and they can't get any traction and touchdowns turn into field goals and red zone visits turn into nothing. And, you know, you're looking at these lower scores much more consistently week after week than it feels like has been the case in past years. Yeah. The beauty of the over is that when it hits it, you know, in the second quarter and the third quarter, you're done. You don't have to sweat. You've won your bet. It feels awesome. You know, and I love that. Um, and the unders are, are weird. You know, it's like you're you're hoping it's like you're paying. You're playing the don't pass line. You don't want people to do well. I don't know. Um, we'll see what happens on this one. I think it's an interesting bet. It's an interesting bet from you, especially because you're going to be rooting for one of the teams to win in your own right. So 
you could be in a position where, you know, uh, the Chargers could be a touchdown to win the game, but that's going to hit the over for you and you're going to be pissed. So I don't know what, how that's going to feel for you. I can't believe you just said that out loud. You have completely jujued that game, and we have now guaranteed that will be the situation. Thank you very much, Miles V. Well, good. Then you can record me and play me back next week, and uh, <laughs> that'd be great. Well, we will be back next week recapping the Week 6 bets. We'll be turning our attention to Week 7. We're going to be on X Twitter all weekend, uh, live broadcasting and making comments on our games. Please join us. Uh, follow us at at Wannabet Podcast. Download, tell your friends, do all those crazy things. Miles is on the mend. He's back in town. I am back, baby. It's 1.30 in the morning, and I'm happy to be here, and I love your body, Larry. He loves your body, Larry. I love you, too. Peace out, everybody. Take care. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baclaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric Acid. Electric Acid. Welcome to Tuning In To Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Electric Acid.